Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Welcome to Radio Newark Sport. Tonight, golf. And now our local club is gearing up for what's going to be a very busy summer season. And can you afford to get a hole in one? Because I think there's been probably five in the last four weeks, no less. Not fast, Dave is back from his travels around the world. And we go live to Newark's very own John Motson. Well, Mrs John Motson. But first, some of the local names making the news. We'll start with golf, because after two defeats in a row, Newark Golf Club bounced back in some style, winning both their own matches in April. The third and fourth matches of the season taking place against Rushcliffe and Worksop Golf Clubs. And I have a feeling we're going to hear a little bit more about that in the next few minutes. And Browins finished second in the Carolina Conference 3K Steeplechase on Saturday in their last event before returning home and back onto this show in a couple of weeks' time. New York Tennis Club members turned out in storm-like conditions to ensure the Springs Doubles tournament and fundraising event was a great success. Eleven couples took to the courts at the club and Sherwood Avenue. Ashley and Marcus Allen beating Sam Smith and Zara Jackson in the final. Tyler Martin scores two as New York Flow serves come from behind to beat Ravenshead by six goals to three. One match to go. Beat Stapleford on Saturday... And they are crowned champions. Loose to Stapleford, and I think they've still got promotion. But it's a championship they want. One up on the first team there. <laughs> Collingham under-18s beat Cleeforts for the second time in three days. This time it was for league points. And it proved a lot easier than the weekend's cup final. 5 nil up at half-time, 6-1 at full-time to clinch the league title and complete the treble of the league. The League Cup and the County Cup. How good is that? An amazing news from the Striders. Not only did Noel Henderson win his age category at the Blackpool Marathon, but Nicole Henderson did too. What a fabulous running couple. And uh, as a bonus, Graham has been reunited with his phone and will join us tomorrow night. Finley Bass won the first round of the Mallory Park Summer League and Harry Wainwright lies 10th after round one at the British Karting Championships. Isabel Darvell was involved in a multi-rider crash in the second lap at Colville. Badly bruised, badly cut, she had to withdraw from the race. And don't forget, there is live football tonight at Lowfields when Newark take on Nottingham Forest. And we're going to go live to that match at about quarter to eight. Um, Tony, you, you nipped away from me a fairly sharpish last night to have a look at flow serve reserves. Um, it quite simply is win the last game and they are champions. Yeah, I I went there for the um, six o'clock kickoff. Uh, Raven said I've got about 4,000 players signed on, but they couldn't get two teams together in a previous fixture, so it had to, be a, be, bitter, had huh? to be a night game. Um, and uh, Raven said, uh, needless to say, I didn't turn up in time for the kickoff. So they eventually started with 10 men. Uh, and um, then they brought their 11th player on 
and uh, promptly went ahead from the penalty spot. Um, and then I had to leave to come here. And um, <clears throat> they um, basically, as I was getting into the car, Flo served equalised. And then, as you say, I dashed off hot foot after the game and found out that um, the game had finished. Uh, but the game had finished with a 6-3 victory for Flo serve. And as you say, a win on Saturday and um, the title's theirs, which is fantastic news. And the game is against your friends, Stapleford. Well, I've, I've always got on with the Stapleford lads, but obviously I'll be supporting Flo serve on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a cracking occasion if, we, if the first team win the cup and then we get back because it's a one o'clock kick-off because of a fair ground for the Bank Holiday weekend at Clipston FC... If we get back in time to celebrate with the reserves as well, that's going to be a great afternoon for the football Doing team. what the first team didn't do, winning the league. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 again, uh, I've got very many great friends at Selston, obviously, and, and congratulations to them. OK, before this gets bitter... Um, <laughs> I'm twisted. You did say Ajax would win last night. Uh, you got the score wrong, but you got the result right, so um, what about yeah. tonight? Um, I, I can't see Barcelona doing anything other than stuff in Liverpool, really. It's, um, it's, it's a tremendous shame, but um, if you've got a guy on your side who's scored 46 goals this season, who's the leading scorer in the Champions League this season with 10 goals, and is the absolute genius that is Lionel Messi, then you don't bet against his team. And they've also got two former Liverpool lads who are rather tasty as well, and Coutinho and Suarez. So, as much as I like Jurgen Klopp, I think he's been a breath of, a breath of fresh air in the Premiership. But um, and, and I know a lot of lads who support Liverpool, but I just can't see any other than the Barcelona Ajax final. Okay, I would. Yeah, I would love to disagree with you. Um, I don't think I, I don't think it'd be all over tonight. I think there'll be something in it for Liverpool. So mm. I think Liverpool can score in the new camp. I think they I think they are capable of scoring. Camp no. New Camp. I think they <laughs> I think they are capable of scoring. It's just how many the home team get. If it's two one, then it's game on. If it's four one, they've got a problem. I mean if um if you could get near Messi to take him out of the game early on, it's game on. But, I mean, you can't even clog the lad. Is that good? This is where you find out how good a manager you've got. And, you know, the Man City manager has been proved once again he's not good enough. <laughs> he's not. They've got knocked out of the European Champions League again. He's not good enough. He got yeah. it. He got... Hang on. He got it wrong against Tottenham. He picked a weakened side in the first leg because he was so cocksure he was going to win it. And he went gung-ho in the second leg when he got no need to. And he ended up losing it. That's what I'm saying. It is. Let's find out how good Klopp is tonight. He'd have got away with it too, but for that pesky VAR. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's just find out, because uh, I'm sick to the back teeth of saying, well, we've got to wait until he needs a couple of windows. No, manage what you've got, like the old managers had to do. Mm. Right? If he's, if Klopp is a good manager, as good a manager as he's being made out to be, he should have a plan that's going to stop the opposition playing. 
Well, if it doesn't happen and the opposition ride above it, fair comment, the better team win. But he should have a plan. Man City didn't have a plan against Tot- against Tottenham. Mm, but, but they, they didn't. The, the only plan that Jurgen Klopp can have is to starve Messi of the ball. If he's not got the ball, okay, do it. There's no danger right. whatsoever. Okay, if, if you can work it out, surely they should be able to work it out. If, if they can stop Barcelona passing to Messi, they've got a chance. Mm. But let's um, just see. Let's. Just, all I'm saying, and yes, it was a swipe at, at the Man City manager because he got knocked out last season by Liverpool, and he's got knocked out this season by Tottenham. That's poor managing. Having said that, your boy didn't uh, do any uh, favours for uh, his new club, did he, Ronaldo? So um, pr- perhaps uh, if, if, Messi, if Messi has a quiet night... It proves that one man doesn't make a team. Hmm. There you go. The last time I met tonight's guest was in a long time ago, 1990-ish, when he was a stylish footballer for the Newark and Shield District Council as we romped through the First Division, would have won the Cup apart from a flute goal by Glenn Cobb, which I might have mentioned before <laughs> on this show, when he when he cleared it from the halfway line and wind assisted in the seventh minute of injury time after he'd had a word with the referee, when the ball went in and then he blew the final whistle straight away. Um... Again, I won't accuse anybody of misdemeanours. Um, then I sort of talked to the golf club and they said, well, you can talk to our vice-captain. It's uh, it's Keith Whitford. I thought there can't be more than one Keith Whitford and there isn't more than one Keith Whitford. Keith, welcome to Radio Newark. Thank you, Mick. Thank um, you, Tony. Lovely to be here. you remember the good old days? Oh, I do. I do. Uh, some of the pitches we played on were pra- perhaps not the same pitches that uh, <laughs> Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, et al are playing on today. Um, and indeed, that uh, that famous final, Elm Avenue, wasn't it? Yeah, down at the stadium, down Elm Avenue, uh, yes. I wasn't sure whether it was the wind or whether it was a bobble. Mm, it was something, wasn't it? It, was... <laughs> it, it, it doesn't still great with me. I mean, you know, I've, I, I still mention it to Glenn every now and again. Every time we see each other. <laughs> it's one of those ongoing conversations that so far lasted 20 years, you know. <laughs> Never to be forgotten about. But when the football career come to an end then, was it golf from the outset? Tell me how you got into golf. So, so I got into golf, actually, um, when I was about 15. My father, who was a decent footballer, had um, his legs had gone and he decided he would try golf. And I used to take the dog for a walk. And eventually I thought to myself, how difficult can this be? So I <laughs> sort of begged him to give me a go. And then I found out how difficult it can be. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I started when I was 15. Uh, I played on and off then till I was in my mid-20s. And when I went to work, uh, with, uh, was in the Royal Air Force, I played as much as I could, but it wasn't always easy to do so. And I actually joined Newark in 1990. Um and I remember that evening when I went uh, back in the day, you'd have an interview and I went for this interview and it was the night England were playing Germany in the uh, semi-final of the World Cup. And uh, so uh, friends, including many of the people that we uh, that we know through NSDC, were all gathered round somebody's house watching the semi-final. Meanwhile, I was up at the golf club um, being interviewed for a membership. And uh, so I joined in 1990 and I've been a member there ever since. And now you've rose to the um, elevated section of vice-captain. So does that mean next season you're the boss? It means I'm the captain. I don't think... um, The captain is an honorary position. It's the the person who represents the club. Um, 
so this year Howard Jones is our captain and uh, my role is to help him support him so um, we participate in all the team matches um, we so that we have a gentlemen's team we have a mixed team and we play in that and we also have um, a scratch team which is for the very good golfers and the captain vice captain will usually attend and watch those games um, so yes we have quite a lot going on and um, part and parcel of that is that when we have open competitions when we have visitors uh, our job as captain or vice captain this year for me is to um, to just welcome people to the club and uh, and make sure that they have a good time how was the transition from a team sport to a sport which is you against the sport really isn't it? because in in a team sport you can join in on this one if you wish you know just, just you know in a team sport <laughs> you can hide if you wish if you have a bad day at the office there's 10 more to yeah. help you out where it's an individual sport and there is no hiding place i'm always intrigued on on this do you go for a team sport do you go for a sport where it is quite frankly you against that sport well, I think this is one of the uh, beauties of golf, actually, is that, first and foremost, most of the time, you're playing against the course. Yes, you're competing against other people, but the aim is to play the course to the best of your ability. I think a lot of people, and we've got a lot of members up at Newark who um, followed the typical route. They were hockey players, footballers, cricketers, rugby players. They've come to golf um, because they've enjoyed the competitive nature of it, and they find themselves always wanting to play in the team matches because there's still that element then of being part of that. Being part of a club, in fact, is, you know, there might be 500 members, but there is that camaraderie there that you all share together. But I know what you mean. It is, it is different when you are playing an individual sport uh, and you're not having a good day. One of the, the biggest challenges is, is actually sort of keeping yourself motivated and, and keeping playing. Golf is um, a wonderful experience for anybody who, like myself, comes from a city. I come from Bradford, and uh, I know nothing at all about nature. And so when I joined the Orchards Golf Club uh, between uh, Southwell and Brinkley, it was my first commune with nature. And I saw things out there on a golf course that I've never, ever seen before. And, and it was... When, when, I, when I first got introduced to a kestrel hunting, I mean, it was just absolutely awesome. And I played mostly on my own at the, at the orchards for three, four years. But when you're playing with someone else, it's so better. It, because you have a laugh together and, and it is just, you're doing what you enjoy, but you're also got, if you've got someone with a cracking sense of humour alongside you, it's a great, great day out. And um, it's, it's I, I was never, ever good enough to be involved uh, at team level in any sport apart from pool and darts they people me included very quickly stick an elitist tag against golf mm. and maybe one day it was is mm. it have we still got an elitist tag where if you're going to go and join your golf club you can't have more than a two-year-old car and you know you've got to have all <laughs> the time in the world uh, um <coughs> that that that's a perception that still is there about yeah. golf I, I tend to think now knowing some of the people that go and play golf that it's probably 
I won't use the word working class, but you know what I, you know what I'm trying to to get yeah. at. Twenty, thirty years ago, maybe it was elitist. Have you got, have you got that tag away from you? Yes, I think we have. I mean, there are still some some of the old traditional clubs. You know, you might go, and this is not to be rude, but you might go to somewhere like Lindrick, which has a rich history, a Ryder Cup venue and a very small membership and they wish to retain that particular model but i think most golf clubs and newark included we're very conscious of the fact that um that that we need to attract new members we need to get young people into play and we need to provide a membership offering which allows those people who perhaps are time poor because i think that is the biggest challenge that we see is not that people aren't interested not that people when they join the club or come to the club that they think oh this is not for me it's a bit standoffish but it's actually for most people it's a decision about how they use their spare time and because golf takes about four hours to play if you allow yourself half an hour to get there half an hour to get back that's five hours and so the the biggest challenge for most people i would suggest getting into golf is the time that it takes um but then you know I compare that with, for example, cricket. If you play cricket, a team sport, a great team sport, you might turn up at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock on a Saturday and not get home till 9 or 10 yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, what people often say is that you can your, your partner, your children, can come along and watch, whereas that's not quite so easy with golf. Um, but, you know, I would suggest to you that, that Newark has always had, actually, quite a... Uh, it's always been very open to people um, joining from all different backgrounds. And as I said to you, you know, we've got loads and loads of um, ex-footballer types. Can, can I just just stop you? Go on. Um, from Glen Codd. Um, from Glen Cobb. Cheeky something. Thunderous right foot shot, as reported by the notable sports reporter in the town at the time. Who was that? You, apparently. Really? Thunderous right foot clearance, Glen. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Keith. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 I don't think that now exists. I mean, um, where we are very fortunate at Newark, as I say, is that over the years we've had people come to us from other sports. Um, and the truth be known, we are a very broad church. You know, there are um, people there who um, are tradesmen, work very, very hard doing what they do. And then at the other end, there are bank managers and uh, lawyers and so on and so forth but it is it is a, a wonderful mix and the one thing i can say is that bearing in mind there are a lot of golf courses in the area so i've been a member since 1990 would i have stayed a member if i hadn't made a lot of friends there and the answer is no good point excellent point well made coming up next the much traveled dave Fodger. It's been a few weeks since we um, had a chat with Not Fast Dave. He decided to um, avoid talking to us by going to the other side of the world. But uh, he's been returned, and he's back on and he's back on the airways of Radio Newark. Dave, did you have a cracking time over I had there? A fantastic time, thank you, Mick. Yeah, I thought any closer, and uh, I might be able to hear you. But uh, <laughs> no, it was good. It was a, it was a good break. So uh, good to be back, though. To be honest, you've timed you've timed the return for the sort of peak weekend haven't you really i have yeah it's been a very very busy one so my well i, I, I landed back on saturday uh, so my sunday was a a sleepy mess composing all the results um so yeah past week busy one like i say we had 
29 club members over five different park runs, lots of personal bests. There was uh, PBs for Dale Mordew, James Talbot, Janet Davis, Stuart Chase, Debbie Pickles and Leanna Lawson. And Mark Hawkins ran his first uh, park run, which was good. Now, moving on to Sunday, lots of lots of running. We had four members um, at the London Marathon. First back for the club uh, was Damien Davis in an exceptional time of 2 hours 51.09. Now, just to put into context, that, that's 1,156 out of over 4,200, sorry, 42,000 runners. That puts him in the top 2.7% overall, which is uh, remarkable. Um, followed by Nettie Stevens in 5 hours 17.53, Bonnie Tinsley, 5 hours 23.06, and Andy Pritchett in 5 hours 29.22. Now, that time for Andy includes a little break at the Cutty Sark to get engaged. Um, so, congratulations to Andy Pritchett. Now, we have the alternative, uh, not the London Marathon, a little bit close to home in Upton. Uh, four members attending, uh, Faye Parker, Nikki Dales, and Claire Wood, who are all the first ladies back, along with Martin Dickinson, who was first in his age category. They got back in five hours, 5.15. Quite a few members over in Thorsby for the Longhorn. Uh, multiple distances, and quite a few people doing various uh, distances. Uh, Kim Etherington Bates, she did the 5K, and she was second lady back in two uh, sorry, 23 minutes and 35. Laura Smith got a new personal best in 32.35, and Zoe Smith in 45.33. A couple of standouts for the um, 10K. Steve Needham was first in age category, and Vic Knight got a new PB in one hours 4.13. Uh, Kira Green did the half marathon in three hours 15.55. A uh, little bit further afield, Eva Marhofer was in Leicester for the Leicester Big 10K. She got a new PB in 50 minutes and 50 seconds. And uh, up at Clumber Park, we had two members of the Borrells, Richard Borrell and Carol Borrell getting uh, 52.29 and one hour six, respectively. Um, so, yeah, I've made quite a lot of results um, over the last week and some really, really good results, especially Damien at the um, at the London Marathon. Well, that, that's where I'm going to take you back to, um, the London Marathon, because mm. uh, to break three hours is uh, is one heck of an achievement. And I, I, I would suggest that's probably the second not fast member to do it behind behind adam when he was with, with you um i would i wouldn't thought so yeah yeah i'm st- i struggle to break four hours so <laughs> <laughs> three hours is 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 fantastic and uh actually uh with damien tonight but with the newark um half marathon meeting committee meeting um so yeah kudos to him that puts him to one of the favorites to win that by the way no no pressure on him um <laughs> Net- Nettie, of course um She'd got nothing to prove to anybody, but she seemed to obviously think she'd got something to prove. Um, <laughs> she's actually our studio guest next Wednesday night. Um, oh, is she? Um, so you can have a chat to her next um, Wednesday. But um, after the first time in the marathon when she got injured very early mm. doors and she basically crawled around to make sure she, yeah. got, she got there, this time she ran round. 
She did indeed. She did indeed. And just a uh, just a key mention, like I said, we're with the uh, Newark Half Marathon Committee tonight. Um, entries are still open for that on the 11th of August. And it's um, certainly a good thing to keep eye, an eye out on the Facebook page. We, we've got a competition coming up in the next week or so. Um, so if you're thinking about running, keep an eye on the uh, Facebook page. And uh, Damien Davis, I've put down as favourite to win it. Favourite to win. Put yeah. him down. No pressure. Uh, but we've got, we, we've got to end with Andy, haven't we, of course? I mean, um, would you uh, sort of... Uh, how many seconds does it take to get engaged? And uh, what what would his time have been if he'd done the job properly and told her after the event? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to speak to him. I, I don't know whether it was just a, a run-fly-past engagement or a stopping on one knee. Um, so I, I must I must catch up with him soon. It's, um, so, so would you just sort of throw the ring at her if she went past him with a note or something? Tony wants to say something. Apparently it was on the uh, bended knee in front of the cutty sock. Oh, it was on bended knee. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just a run past, throw the ring and say, will you marry me? <laughs> well, Paul Zamontas put it on Facebook and he actually misspelled it and said he went down on bender knee. And judging by the weekend the four of them had, I think he was probably right. So where does Paul, <laughs> where, so where does Paul um, Zamontas work? If, if, if he got his spellings wrong. It works at the advertising, oh, yes, remarkably. Right. No, no, okay, just, just as an aside, um... Dave's job between now and next Wednesday is to get hold of Andy because we yep. need to be ringing him up sometime during our London Marathon Look Back show. So um, let's just see if we can push that one and uh, it would be lovely to talk to him and find out. Oh, I can remember the days. He gets in the London Marathon and, and love takes over. Oh, I don't. Oh, shocking. Shocking, but we'll talk to him next week about that. Dave, great to have you back. Lovely. Great, I'll let you get back into your meeting. Cheers. Cheers, thanks. Bye-bye. That's Dave there, all the way back from New Zealand, just to talk to us. Um, Before we go on too much further about um, Newark Golf Club, I've been reading today about George McCluskey, the ex-Celtic striker. Mm. You look confused already. It's where this is going. Um, His son, um, Barry McCluskey, is is blind, and he, he has been playing blind golf for a year and blind golf has been his release um back um back into sport and i never even know there's a sport keith yes um they've been going for quite some years now actually um i must confess i have never seen it played but some of the scores that people record are absolutely fantastic um it's like any of the disabled sports or uh, less able-bodied sports um, that that people are able to get out and enjoy being part of it. But um, blind golf has probably been around about thirty thirty plus years. So what? How? Uh, well, we we know that when you have five-side football, uh, players have a ball which has a bell in it. Uh, but I, as I um, understand it, and as I say, I've not seen it myself is that actually what happens is that the player, the blind player, is lined up and then they just swing the club and they have somebody who watches where the ball goes for them and then takes them to the ball and and on they go. So there's no bell or anything because, of course, the ball's not moving. It's just sat um, on a tee peg or on the ground. How how do you know? Because since we last met in 1990, sporters changed beyond recognition and the vast majority of it is, is, is changed for the good and ladies sport is, is now as prominent as men's sport and that is absolutely quite right golf always 
with most clubs have already had ladies yes. sport um ladies golf um and we're now talking about the the, the less fortunate ones amongst us and the other one that's come into it to for the three if you like late the ladies the less fortunate and the juniors mm-hmm. so it's a three-prong question for you we're a new at golf club on all three of those so so yeah um we've got a very strong and active ladies section uh we have a number of different membership options which also are designed to get new players into the game so for example um, we do a membership which allows people to play on three afternoons a week and it's a feeder membership for full membership um, usually they um, participate as part of coaching sessions uh, our pro there Paul Bagshaw really great teacher uh, get people started and encouraging them to get to a level of proficiency so that they can get out on the course and play in terms of juniors we're very active um, we've just recently run a session or two sessions over the couple of sessions over the Easter holidays, which were designed to encourage junior golfers to um, to try the game or juniors to try the game. But we did it as family sessions as well because what what we see is that often um, children aren't able to access golf because their parents didn't play it and they don't know somebody who does play it. And I can remember a story way back when my my son had obviously had the opportunity to play golf um but one of his friends hadn't and uh one particular school holiday i took them both up to uh ramsdale park to play on the little nine hole there and excuse me because they were doing it together two mates together that brought them to the game and they both have come gone on to become very very good golfers um in terms of access for blind or or less able-bodied um golfers uh, I'm not sure that we have anything at the moment, but it's certainly something that we'll um, need to think about. Because, um, as I say, if my understanding of what happens with blind golfers is exactly as it is, then there's absolutely no reason why we wouldn't be able to um, encourage people to start. And it is... It, it, it would be good if, if, if that was on, on the agenda, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. two out of three, spot, spot on, and, you know, you get get that third one and it opens it up again to to some more shall we say less fortunate yeah um, absolutely people. i mean one of the things we do do mick is that um we've, we've made a conscious decision over the last couple of years to change some of our membership uh, offerings and so juniors up to the age of 18 are free uh, membership is free for them and then they play a pay a very sort of nominal sum for 15 to 18 and then we have staged memberships allowing those that are at university student membership to come back and then those that are in work they get uh, a discount on the full membership we, we, we keep a fairly close eye on um she's a member of yours is um, charlotte maiden yes. and, and charlotte um lives for golf and um if she carries on her love of the sport um i think she's going to be very very good at golf um, but again, she's only a youngster, yeah. and, and she's putting everything that she's got into the sport, and she goes around new with a granddad, and it's great when she beats granddad. She she loves it, <laughs> um, she really does. Um, before I go back to the league system and 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 all that, um, uh, my spy at the golf club keeps sending me um, lovely messages every week. You've had a spate of hole in ones. Now, if Tony got a hole in one. I would say there was no skill involved whatsoever, and it's pure good fortune. Um, is it, Keith, or is... I mean, it, it's got to be 
there's got to be a little bit of fortune that it's going to drop in. It's skill to get it very close, and then you've just got to cross your fingers, haven't you? Who knows, Mick, to be honest. I've never had one, uh, and I've been playing now for the best part of 45 years. Uh, I've never had one. I've had a hole in three, i.e. I lost my first ball and hold the second tee shot. Uh, much to great <laughs> amusement of my uh, my brother, and <laughs> is that not counted then? Oh, no, that is oh, that's oh, shocking. shocking. Oh dear. Um, and uh, and the other funny anecdote, um, <laughs> probably in the early nineteen nineties when I was in the air force, I was playing a, a match at a course down in Gloucester, and I played with a gentleman, and he holed in one on the fifth hole. It was his first ever hole in one. The next hole, he was completely useless because it's quite an adrenaline surge and rush we got to the seventh another par three and he did it again yeah um so yeah but in terms of what we've had we've had four in the last month uh i'll give you their names in a moment but is it skill is it luck it could be either you know you you see the uh, professionals they hit the ball so close so often that they do record many but then equally you hear stories of people who've hit the ball, it's bobbled along the ground, hit a bump, hit, uh, you know, and it's ended up in the hole. Um, and, and obviously the four names I'm going to give you now, theirs were, were perfect golf shots. They just went straight into the hole, slam dunk. So we've got um, three ladies, Hilary Fletcher, Stephanie Cartwright and Joe Jalland, and then one gentleman, Ian Davis. Uh, I would think this is the, the most we've had in such a short period. I've got a photo sent to me um, by Rebecca at the golf club of, of Joe Jalland, um, of which I will get onto our social media pages. Thank you. But by the end of the week, very proudly standing next to uh, the pin there with the holding one, and that was absolutely brilliant. Um, do you still have to buy everybody there a drink? Is that because uh, if nothing else, um, and I've never played the sport and. Um, if you had to say to me what sport has got probably the most tradition with it, I would probably say golf. And tradition is? Tradition is that you buy around. But I think what has happened over years, and certainly at Newark in in my lifetime there, that the, the custom and practice is that you buy a bottle and put it on the mm. bar with mm. some uh, glasses out there and invite people to share in your success. Yeah. Because sometimes you could walk into the clubhouse and there would be nobody there. And that might, for some of our, you know, some of us, we might smile and think that's a relief. Uh, for others, you might walk in and the clubhouse is full. So, uh, so that's the, the the practice. I'm honestly not sure what the ladies do, whether they do anything uh, specifically to commemorate a hole in one. Um, but we are part of a scheme. Um, the way in which we book our competitions and the way in which our scores are recorded, we use a facility called How Did I Do. And anybody who scores or gets a hole in one in a competition will automatically receive a prize from whole, uh, How Did I Do? And they will be recorded in the hole in one club. I can remember at. Um, you, I mean, you would get a green in one and be quiet. I've got visions of you actually chasing the golf ball if it looked like it was going to be going close, going, No, no. I, I, I buy drinks for everybody when I get it past the ladies' tea. But um, I can remember a, a momentous day at RHP Cricket Club when um, I think I took a catch or something and I said, Right, tonight everybody's having a drink on me when we get back in there. And. Um, a few people uh, fainted. I think it's the Yorkshire reputation, I don't know. But anyway, when we got up 
to the clubhouse, got out, got out of the showers and got changed into the clubhouse. I uh, had a word with the barman and uh, took back uh, half a lager with 11 straws in it and said, tuck in, lads, that's on me. That's about your barren, it really is. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I mean, well done. I mean, especially well done to the ladies because that—that's just fan- fantastic, isn't it? it? Really. What sort of distances would it be? Um, okay, so um, I'm trying to catch him out, but he's doing yeah, his own no, work. No, no, no. T- two of them were at a hole that's about 130 yards. One was at a hole which is about 160 yards, and Joe Jallon's one is actually. Um, at a hole that probably would be for the ladies about 150 yards but it's arguably one of our hardest holes um so um yes you must be particularly pleased with that it's been an awful spring for the cricket groundsmen and the football groundsmen have all but given up because it's like playing on concrete um and that's just one sort of little area your guys must be pulling their hair out it's certainly been very challenging um Normally in the early part of March we do some work uh, to prepare the course for the season and that's followed by a major uh, maintenance effort in early August. Um, They've done the work and we've been desperate for some rain and sunshine to uh, allow the grass to really germinate. So at the moment we we have some bare patches. Um, but the Greens team uh, under Alex Claricoats and Graham McDonald, they, they do a fantastic job and uh, the course is playing really well considering that we've not had the rain. And the other thing is, of course, although we've got irrigation and we could water, because the some of the evenings have been too cold, the temperature's not been right, we've not been able to even use water on the Greens. So <laughs> it's, yes, it's all been, been tricky. wrong for them, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, my, my heart goes out to, to all of them, really, whatever sport they're in, because they, they just cannot win because you've got that consistent cold wind as well haven't you that seems to just dry everything out straight away it's it's been an absolute nightmare because summer is the is the peak for golf isn't it i think most golfers would say spring summer and autumn in the summer you get the 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 lovely long days evenings you're nice to be able to play in a t-shirt but Actually, probably for most people, the golf season starts, I mean, the joke is it starts when the Masters comes on the television, and I know we might mention that in a little while, but but most golfers are really starting to play in March, and they'll play right the way through to October. It's amazing how TV does dictate the sport, because tennis starts when Wimbledon's on on the television. TV does tend to to dictate, I'm just going to, because I'm time's moving on quickly and and i've got to mention tiger woods tiger woods to you because we we had a interesting debate after after the masters and your thoughts on tiger woods i mean he's he was a hero to zero overnight and now we're back to a hero so should we remember tiger woods for what is possibly the best ever sporting comeback of any sport or should we remember tiger woods for the things he didn't quite get right, or does that just make him human? I, I think um, the majority of people who um, watch golf would say that you would want to um, actually give him credit for coming back from such a serious setback. If you put aside the personal troubles that he had, he suffered some terrible injuries, and uh, it's quite remarkable that he managed to get back on the golf course uh, to win again uh, and then to go on and win uh, his 15th major is, is just remarkable beyond um, 
many of the, the great sporting comebacks. But I think the thing for me that's most interesting is that it's actually it's made him more likeable. Because I think without, he actually seemed, for the first time in my lifetime watching him, he seemed to enjoy winning the Masters. Whereas on many of the other tournaments and, uh, and, and majors that he's won, it was a battle. It was a fight that had to be won. I think you're pretty much in line with Tony there on that, mm. on, on that one. Is, is every golfer's dream to play Augusta? Or is a proper golf course on the beaches of Scotland? Ah, uh, well, of course, it. Yeah, I, I would imagine if you asked any golfer if they were given the chance to play Augusta, they would um, they would bite your arm off. Um, but I think you would probably find a lot of people would say that the purest form of golf is Lynx golf um, on the coast, and in this country we have a, a, a you know a remarkable number of great courses. Um, yeah, uh, it's difficult. I think it in many respects it's how it's how you play golf. If you hit the ball a long way and you can hit it high, then probably Augusta is, is playable for you. But I remember reading somewhere um, something about playing Augusta and, and, and the pros would say that the average club golfer, even a top-end club golfer amateur, would not be able to get it round there in under 100 shots. So maybe not. What would you rather do? Lynx golf for me. Yeah. It just Lynx golf just seems... You've got the wind blowing and the mist and the mizzles coming in off the sea. And, you know, once it's in the bracken, it's never going to come out again. It's not manicured like, like Augusta. It's, I don't, it suddenly seems that you'd need a lot more about you to play Lynx golf. But having said that, from a non-golfer, how you've got, you put on a green at Augusta and the pin is in the top right hand and you aim the ball in the bottom left hand and it suddenly ends up going round is is absolutely amazing yeah uh, it is i mean at the end of the day augusta is a, is unusual in it it's a one-off isn't it? it's a one-off yeah. it's the one major championship where they play the same course year in year out and although they do work on it and they do change some of the holes whereas uh, other competitions go around a circuit um the, the argument that many would deploy is that Lynx golf is the purest form of golf because it's all about shot making. You've got to keep the ball low. You've got to hit it high. You know, so there's more variety to it. But then you could get on some Lynx courses which um, have greens every bit as difficult as uh, Augusta. Right. We're going to try and catch up with uh, either Mrs. John Motson or Mrs. Chris Kamara. You take your pick. Right, tonight at Lowfields, a Newark 11 are playing a Nottingham Forest 11, so there's only one person we could go to, Newark's very own Mrs Chris Kamara. <laughs> Good evening, Newark. Good Hello, evening, Sarah. Newark. Um, tell us, you're up there, it's not the best of nights as it turned out, It's uh, when it is sort of cold and a bit misly at Lowfields, it's not the best of places to be, but there's still time to get up there and watch it. Tell me what's going off, tell my man is there. And tell me what and tell me what the score is. All right, it well no score yet. They've literally just kicked off. Um, yeah, you're right. It's a bit drizzly down there, but you know what? The atmosphere is electric. There's about 250 spectators. Obviously, a fantastic spectacle tonight. As you say, we've got Newark FC, which is made up of um, Flow Surf players and of Newark Town FC players, playing the academy side from Nottingham Forest. We've just got a load of kids here as well from both Flow Surf and from Newark Town. So it's a pretty special night. So, time for a bit of commentary then. (laughs) 
Right, I'm having a look because it's actually quite, it's not rowdy, but it, you know, a lot of banter going on already on the pitch. Well, our guys are looking spectacular. They've got their uh, fabulous new kit on. Um, I think we stand a pr- fairly good chance, actually. They're, they're pretty revved up, actually, the, the team in white, which is obviously us. So, uh, as they know, no score to report at the moment. A few predictions. I think, uh, I think we're looking like we could probably bring uh, a few goals home. What what colour is that? Is it, is it white and black, Sarah? It is, it is. So Newark SC are pretty much wearing what they would have worn 150 years ago. So it's yeah. a white top. We've got the uh, the Newark crest um, on there. Black shorts, black socks. So, you know, they're looking pretty pretty neat, Newark SC. We've got Nathan Burroughs in goal. He's, uh, he's not going to want to let any go in. So uh, a bit of pressure on that guy. Um, and obviously we've got the Academy from Forest. So... It's all looking pretty neat down here. Still plenty of time to get down there. Sarah's doing the match commentary, um, <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> going to be enjoying themselves. Um, Sarah, um, I know Tony's coming down. I'm going to have a look, see how hard it's raining. Um, all righty. And uh, we'll probably see you in about ten minutes' time. Look out for you then, then. All right. Thank you. Speak. Thanks, see you Sarah. Later. See you in a bit, love. Bye. Bye. The wonderful Sarah Robinson there and doubling up as Mrs. Chris Kamara for us. She didn't think keen on that commentary, did she? <laughs> Couldn't get much. We, we got a fashion parade out of her. <laughs> <laughs> league season started. Obviously, as vice captain, you've got to play league. <coughs> there is, um, excuse me, there is a league, um, and that involves the five. Uh, it's a five-team, a five-person team, and they play during the midweek. Are uh, weekend matches, the ones that I play in and the captain plays in, these are social matches, um, so we're not actually in a league, but um, we play against local clubs, and there's a great opportunity to meet other people, play other courses, and this again is one of the things that you find that people who pre- have played sport previously often want to get involved in, in, in this because it is person against person, it's a, it's a real match. What um, emphasis is, is is there on 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 league golf? Then I mean, it, it's what, what I'm trying to get at is how important is it to Newark Golf Club? Because I mean, I I see a very good friend of mine, Dennis Rawl, is playing in there, and mm. I, I know Team Chammy from, um, <laughs> and, and if those two are playing in it, then you are playing to win. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Absolutely, when we go out, that that is that is where we start. We want to win and. Uh, we started with two defeats. We've had two victories since then. Um, you you don't stop being competitive just because you stop playing team sport as such. Uh, golf is a competitive game, whether you're on your own or whether you're playing as part of a team. But the best part of the team matches is you play as a pair. And, you know, you said earlier about, you know, kind of you've got nowhere to, you know, you've got somewhere to hide perhaps as part of a, a team of 11. Uh, well, I'm not convinced that's always the case because usually the manager particularly if it's you would hook them off and <laughs> and you know with with a golf match you've both got you've both got to deliver if you want to win it uh, come on then i'm dreading this but uh, in less than 60 seconds your golf story well the um Myself and the um, newark rnm second 11 captain ben faulkner went off to uh, norwood park uh, because uh, we discovered that uh, to play on the par 3 course at Norwood, the 9-hole course, it's um, £10 and you can stay on as long as you like. So we went along and, you know, like, so just because we haven't played golf for, 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 for donkey's years, 
and uh, we basically went along and um, <clears throat> had 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 a go, as it were. And um, unfortunately, the nine-hole course uh, was was booked up because they've got a nine-hole club there on a Wednesday. So we went on the big course at Norwood Park, eighteen holes of sheer terror. Uh, but um, we both um, acquitted ourselves very, very well. Um, could hardly walk afterwards, but. Um, Ben had uh, an app on his mobile phone and his girlfriend looked at it afterwards and, and said, Ooh! Didn't get engaged, didn't did they? All the way no, around. no, no, they're, no, they're already engaged. Right. Uh, but, but, but his girlfriend looked at it and then said, Oh, look, this, this app says you've done 8.61 miles of mountaineering, which Norwood Park is, particularly on the back nine. And, and you know, we're both just about walking again now, but we had a cracking day out. That wasn't too bad, was it, folks? No. <laughs> um, your favourite golf course? Favourite golf course would be... That you've played, Royal Birkdale. So I played that last year with my son. Uh, every year for his birthday, we go somewhere, we go somewhere special. Uh, so Royal Birkdale, it would be for me. And the other big names then that you've been to? Oh, gosh, I've been to a few. Um, yeah. But probably one that... Um, stands out. The other one that really stands out is Sawgrass in Florida. Yeah, uh, where they play the Tournament Players Championship. First time we played it, neither of us managed to get it on the green on seventeen. But the second time we played it, we did. So that's uh, that's ticked off something from the, uh, I, I, the bucket list. I have also played at Sawgrass, but only on PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps I should have done that before we went. <laughs> See, one thing this show can never be accused of is elitist. <laughs> <laughs> how difficult is it to get on courses like that then well, most of the uh, most of the top courses excepting the likes of august mm. most of them um right. will allow visitors and uh, so with sawgrass it was a case of just literally booking a trip through one of the uh, i went through one of the um, you know tour operators uh, with royal birkdale all you do is go on the website and you can enter in your details and and book a a slot then the the guys at work go on and on about lot lomond so if you haven't done lot lomond put that one on your list because apparently that is spectacular special. yeah it used to be it used to be on the circuit it's not been on for about probably 10 or 12 years but yeah um it, it looked fantastic okay we've got four minutes to go if i wanted to a complete novice wanting to take up golf yep. would i be welcome at newark golf club yes you would um, there, are, as I said, there are loads of ways that you can do it. And what I would say to anybody wanting to start golf, the best way is to come and try it. We have a, a range there which is open to all. Um, but perhaps the best thing to do is to um, bring the club, talk to um, the pro Paul, and come and have a lesson. He'll give you a start. There's nothing worse, I think, than trying any sport when you're not quite sure exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And he will start people off, get them going, and it won't take long. If you want to play, it doesn't take long to actually get enough uh, of a technique to be able to get out on the golf course. And indeed, Tony plays, but probably, but probably, I don't know how he started Tony, but as I said, I, I went to walk around with my father. Mick, if you wanted to play, we could get you up, and I could guarantee that within a few weeks you would be hitting the ball well enough to go onto the course. My handicap is Tony. <laughs> you, your handicap is 
Eleven. You're eleven. Mm. Not, a, not a bad goal for then, Tony. Well, I was going to put you up against each other, you see, but... Uh, no, my, my, my handicap was 28, but it's only because I refused to have the sex change, otherwise it would have been 36. <laughs> 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 uh, and, the, and, and the only other thing, uh, I mean, we, 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 um, we, we have mentioned it, but I want to make this very, very clear when we said about the elitism at the start, and the elitism also um, was around how much it cost to play the sport. Mm. If, if you put that against playing other sports, I don't think golf is expensive anymore, is it? No, it's not. I mean, there are... The, the reason that it's less expensive is because it's now more accessible generally. So Tony mentioned Norwood, for example, and you've got Belton Woods, Belton Park, all these other courses around, and you can get to play them. Uh, often they have uh, offers the same as we do. We do uh, visitor offers, and so, for example, during the summer we'll be running packages for societies. Uh, we will have... We're hoping to introduce this uh, this year, this summer... Um, basically a twilight golf where somebody can come and play nine holes and then get some supper afterwards so curry or pie sounds good. we could do a show live from the golf club yeah i can handle that that sounds good we can cope with that one yeah and and, and the thing is um I, I guess you know people talk about it being expensive yes there is a cost to it but it's a cost to any sport yeah, but absolutely but but the clubs are often perceived to be expensive but you don't have to start with new clubs you know most of the pro- professional shops um, and we do this, you know, we um, we do fittings for people, but you can find second-hand clubs um, on eBay, etc. Keith, we'll talk about that, because you, you will come back and see us again, won't you? Because it's to. been Thank absolutely you. great fun. Sometime during the summer, um, yeah. we'll get you book, booked in, because there's a lot, lot more to talk about, but we absolutely. have actually completely ran out of time. There is live football tonight, as Sarah told you, down at Lowfields, and there's still time to get there. I know Tony is off there straight away at, at the end of this match. Tomorrow night, it's... Uh, Thursday night, so it's strictly me and Tony, plus, plus two. Chris Hassel will join us with all the Jags news, and Graham's going to join us, assuming he can not lose his telephone between now and and Thursday night again. So we're going to give you all the Striders news on one of the most important weekends for running in the whole year, so we can't let it go without having the report. We're going to test Tony, we're going to look back, and we're going to look forward to an amazing weekend of two very important cup finals. But now, the man himself, Mr. Doug Hall. We-